Hi, I'm Leon Gorin, president of PEO Leadership, a peer-to-peer leadership advisory firm. We're an amazing community of CEOs, presidents, and senior executives. Ask yourself, are you learning as fast as the world is changing? It's time for Ontario business leaders to band together for counsel and support. It's time for you to tap into the business wisdom of our peer groups and unlock new ways to grow. I want you to come out of this COVID crisis a better leader and your organization ready for what's next. Take the first step at peo-leadership.com. Today on our Snippets podcast, I'm very excited to have Kim Addis, founder and president of Frame of Mind Coaching and a member of PO Leadership. Kim is a true entrepreneur. She engages in a number of other businesses, in addition to being a speaker throughout North America on leadership and coaching. Kim, it's great to have you here with us today. I'm so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> Nothing like a, what are we, Wednesday afternoon? I'm still trying to recall what day it is half the time. I think it's Thursday, <laughs> Thursday. Oh, it's Thursday, see? Yeah, garbage day. Garbage day. So I thought we'd start, Kim, maybe if you could just take us a little through your career, the journey to where you ended up, and then we'll open it up with that, and then we'll, we'll dig a bit deeper. So I'm one of those serial entrepreneurs. You know, when I was in my 20s, I owned a balloon business, and uh, we used to literally decorate people's parties and weddings with balloons. As I got older, I started another business, uh, and we used to build simulation-based assessments to help companies make better hiring decisions. And that was a very formative time for me because we ended up interviewing or assessing literally thousands and thousands of people to really understand what differentiates a top performer from someone else. That was very important information because it didn't matter what industry we were working in. It didn't matter what position we were looking for. There was one key finding that kept popping up. And that was if a person had a high degree of emotional resilience, they would be much more likely to succeed. So that's like, let's leave that in the backdrop for a minute. I ended up uh, selling my shares of my company and I got recruited by a coaching company here in Toronto. And I thought, wow, this is going to be amazing. This is what I want to do. They hired me as their VP of marketing. I lasted maybe eight months. Why? I'm really just not designed to work for people. I'm an entrepreneur through and through. Don't tell me what to do. Let me do my own thing. But while I was there, I uh, learned how they coach. And as I was observing their coaching approach, in the back of my head, I thought to myself, I think they're doing it wrong. I think they're fundamentally approaching coaching in an upside down manner. And so what did they do? They helped their clients create business plans and, you know, create a set of goals and manageable action steps towards those goals. And the coach's job was to hold their clients accountable to taking the actions required to reach their goals. And I thought to myself, you know what? People can create plans and people know what they're supposed to do, but they're still not doing it. Why? What's really getting in the way of people's ability to reach their goals? And I started to study that and I started to look at my history and I started to understand that it really has to do with emotional resilience. It has to do with the fact that something gets in the way, something really stops them, something to do with their beliefs, their thinking, their confidence, their past experiences, their expectations, their view of the world, all that really hinders them from going for it or doing the things they know they need to do consistently in order to reach their goals. And I thought, if I can move that stuff out of the way, then I could really help people succeed. 
And that's when I started framing my coaching. And I've been doing that for 16 years, coaching senior leaders, executives, business owners all over the world. So can you give us an example? Like I'm trying, even in our own world, right? I'm thinking about entrepreneurs. I'm thinking about corporate hired guns. Um, Give us an example. Are they just not thinking big enough? Let's talk about entrepreneurs. When you run into those beliefs, do they not think big enough? Are they lacking self-confidence in in developing these beliefs? What what is it? Look, you know, for any human being, all of us, every single one of us, we grew up with with a certain set of values, a certain set of experiences, a certain set of, uh, you could say, messages or inputs from our parents, our family, our surroundings, right? And they come with us wherever we go. We carry them and we carry them consciously, but we also carry them unconsciously. So, you know, some entrepreneurs believe, well, it takes money to make money. Ever heard that one before? Yeah. Yeah. So, and so, so what happens when an entrepreneur has no money? They say, well, I like, I can't, I'm stuck. I can't do anything. I can't make it. I can't, you know, get the resources I want. I can't get the A player. I can't, you know, make that purchase. I can't get the building I want. I can't, I can't because I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. And what I want to really emphasize here is the, I can't, stems from a belief. And it's not that they're not thinking big enough. They simply have beliefs that that picture is not available to them. It's not a viable option. There are all these reasons why not. So you ever heard of the guy who talks about start with your why? Start with why? Simon Sinek? No, no, well. He's, He's a great guy. And I think it's an important question. Start with why? But I don't think that's the first question we need to ask. Because to be honest, I think your why, my why, his why, her why, it's all the same. The reason we want anything is because we believe it's going to be fulfilling. It's going to create satisfaction for us. It's going to be rewarding. The bigger question is why not? What's getting in your way? What's stopping you? And that's the more tricky question. And that's different for each one of us. So how do you actually break it down? If, you know, we're in a coaching session and this is a, this is a common challenge, a lot, even our members, every, every individual, human beings, we all have this challenge. How do you, in one of your sessions, sort of get to it in terms of building the trust and then having them dig deep to actually figure it out? It is a belief that's holding them back. So our process is very unique and different. What happens is we start with a 10-week coaching period. And why 10 weeks? Because that's enough time. It's long and short enough to make dramatic progress in that period of time. And that period is very, very intense. So we schedule a coaching call every week. We record every coaching call. We ask our clients to listen to the recording. Why? Because we want them to start to pay attention, start to become an observer of of themselves, start to hear the stories they tell, the places where they get triggered, the places where they get stuck over and over and over again. We want them to become aware of how they show up, how they think, and start to pay attention to what they believe to be true. In addition to that, we ask our clients to journal in an online journal every single day with their coach. So at the beginning of the week, the client gets a question, and then the, the client starts journaling. Every journal is received by their coach. I have a team of 10 coaches And the coach reads and responds to the journal by asking more questions, going deeper, understanding, 
the patterns of behavior, the patterns of belief, the experiences, the values, the upbringing, all of that stuff to understand truly how a person is wired. And so it's in the process of going back and forth with the coach that really gets to trust building and digging very deep, very quickly. So by the time the next call comes, like we've already traveled quite a big distance and we're just now pushing it. We're now showing our clients, look, here are your patterns. Here are your beliefs. And your beliefs don't match with your goals. So we need to address this. I love the idea of recording, letting people think about it, hear their voice back, writing it, journaling, uh, all that type of stuff we know triggers your mind in a different way, allows you to realize things differently. What about, let's move in the conversation, I'm going to bring up COVID-19, right? And let's go back to the early days, because I've had a lot of conversations around this. And I'm curious if you've seen this as well, where we've seen paralysis. Um, I recently ran a session uh, talking about you know, great, a crisis can really differentiate between great leaders and the rest of the pack. And what I did see in about three or four months ago were leaders that, when they got hit by these events, just became paralyzed in terms of being able to move forward, independent of beliefs, actually. Have you, have you noticed that on the coaching? Where, and if you do... But it's not independent of beliefs. It's not independent of beliefs. It's completely 100% dependent on beliefs. Okay. Explain that. So anyone who is paralyzed is paralyzed because they don't believe they can take action. They don't believe they have the resources. They don't believe they have the ability. They don't believe they have the green light. They don't believe they have the infrastructure. They don't believe they can do things differently. So nothing to do with capabilities either. Nothing is independent of beliefs. Every action is dependent on beliefs. So, you know, very often as leaders, because leaders are very action-oriented individuals, they say, okay, like what, you know, here's the situation. What should I do differently? And they right away jump to the doing, the action. And what I do with my, the leaders that I coach is I say, okay, like that's a great question, but there's a more important question. How can you think about this differently? What do you believe to be true right now about this situation? And are those beliefs consistent with your goals and desires? And what we find 100% of the time is that leaders are not aware of the fact that they have beliefs that are often completely in contradiction to their goals. Yeah, but you know, you're asking a great question. What do you believe of the situation today is actually getting them to, to reflect and actually to start to put down on paper or in their brain what some of the uncertainties are ahead of them and allowing them to plot through and think through that. So it is a very strong question to allow them to do that, where if you're not thinking about it that way, you're not moving. And here's the other interesting piece for me, like the word uncertainty is such a joke. Because the truth is, things were always uncertain. Nothing actually changed. We never were able to predict the future. We just thought we could, right? Like, well, it, things are things were always I, things were always uncertain. The, yeah, we, but the degree of uncertainty here was massive because you have science and you have a pandemic, and it's things it's that same. people have not experienced before. Not oh, when you're told sure. that you're, when your business is shutting down. When you're going to shut down and be forced by government, when has that happened? 
Well, That's uncertainty. It, I'm, when I'm not saying go? I'm not saying that this isn't new for us. It's new for all of us. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying this is not a new experience. I'm saying that the level of uncertainty we live with day to day actually never changed. Yes and no. And we agree to disagree on this. I think in this case, it was a little different. Um, I, I, I believe we live in uncertainty. Absolutely. Every day, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't right. know what tomorrow will face you. However, when you do have a path, and, and this is my big thing, there are a lot of leaders have, who have moved along with the economy for the last 10 years and have floated at the CEO level, to be quite honest. All of a sudden, you have a traumatic event hit them which created more uncertainty, took them off the path. And that's where I saw the paralysis. And that's where I realized, you know what? It's easy to ride when economics are great. It's easy to ride and lead a business. When things change and all of a sudden you got walls in front of you and barriers and uncertainty, that's when true leaders start to you know, come out and really distinguish themselves a little bit. And it could be in terms of how they build. Obviously, they got very strong beliefs, but they're actually executing on those beliefs too. They're moving forward. All the time, every day. All day. Right. Now, let me ask you about your business, because in yours, I, I look at you and I know we do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, but you are the LinkedIn wizard because you are out there. You're out there doing a lot of stuff. You're doing some podcasts and stuff. And, and you've been doing some tremendous stuff speaking as well. Have you pivoted or done anything differently in your business in the last four or five months? So the big difference is when COVID hit, uh, for me personally, as a leader, I thought, okay, so this is the situation. What is the opportunity here for me personally, just first personally. Yeah. And for me, like I was traveling all the time. I was speaking on all kinds of stages and it was nonstop. I was honestly very tired and suddenly I'm forced to stay home. I'm like, wow, this is new. <laughs> you know, I can cancel things and I don't even have to feel bad about them. Right. So that was very interesting. So all of my speaking has moved to virtual speaking. And at first I'm like, how do I do this? Usually my speaking is very interactive. I bring people on stage. I ask for volunteers. How do I do that on Zoom? And I figured out a way, right? So yeah. it was like first the idea of transferring what you do effectively to a whole new format and platform. The second thing is we found that we had an opportunity to launch a product. So we've just launched our journaling software that we use internally, and we're inviting other coaches, trainers, consultants to use it with their clients as well. So like, these are things I never had time to focus on when I was out on the road. Now suddenly I'm home. I can think about messaging. I can think about strategy. I can think about approach. As far as LinkedIn goes, you know, we've always used that platform to share our content, our articles, our material. I've been, and here's an interesting thing that just happened because of COVID. I've been running a podcast for years and all the time I've been interviewing people. I love interviewing people because I love to learn. But when I interview someone, it doesn't necessarily feature our skills. You know how that goes. Yep. And I thought, wow, like, is there a different, a better, a new way to do this? And I discovered a new way, but my beliefs held me back. The new way is what if I actually coach people on my podcast? In the back of my mind, I'm like, who's going to want to get coached publicly? Like, that's pretty personal. But I was wrong. There are lots of people who want to get coached publicly. So we started recording all of these episodes, and they're going live in September. So it's literally people who are sharing whatever struggle they're experiencing right now in a very short, 
effective, fun coaching experience on the podcast. That's wonderful. That's great. I love that innovative thinking. So you've also shifted. Yeah, we, ha- we have to go. We have to, for me, the question that you have to ask when something, a curveball gets thrown your way is how do I make this good? How do I turn this into an opportunity? How do I make the best of this? Because it's got to be better than now. How do I make it better? Yeah, no, that's great. Last question for you in terms of on the coaching side. If you're a leader today and you haven't had a coach throughout your whole career, what are they missing, Kim? Everything. (laughs) You know what? Here's the thing is that um, we work with leaders, executives, the highly driven population, and they're effective. They're very effective. But I have found that they tend to struggle in four key areas, and it's consistent. So number one is they have a feeling of isolation. And luckily with PEO, we're connected to other leaders. So that's addressed to some degree, right? But they're in it alone. They carry the burden of responsibility on their shoulders alone. And it's a heavy burden. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to be at the top of the, the food chain by yourself. The second thing is that sometimes in their relationships, there's friction because leaders move fast and not everybody moves as fast. Uh, leaders aren't always understood. Leaders don't understand why others think and function the way they do. And so there's that friction that exists sometimes. The third thing is that uh, there's a sense of dissatisfaction that exists quite frequently. They feel like, hey, you know, like I'm doing well, but why am I not further ahead? Why are we moving so slowly? Why is it so hard for me compared to the guy next door? Like what's slowing us down? And so there's this chronic desire to move ahead at a much more rapid rate. And last but not least, it's a term I invented called slippage. It's when leaders are so busy, so working so hard, focused on what they're trying to achieve, that they leave, let very important things slip through the cracks. Things like their health, their family, their nutrition, their exercise, reading, fun, spending time with friends and family, you know, those things. And so those are the four key areas we see over and over and over again. So when we look at leaders who are doing it on their own, a coach eases all that up. A coach helps them see their blind spots. A coach helps them recover from failure faster. A coach helps them see a potential danger down the road they don't have to walk into and get trapped in by themselves. A coach helps them manage through all these areas. So for me, like you want to accelerate work with a coach it's like it's a no-brainer for me yeah no that's great kim i want to thank you for not only uh, taking part in this podcast with myself but being part of peo uh, as well i know you're a huge contributor to your group group loves you and you're a great contributor to our whole organization too when you get a chance so thank you it's been awesome it's always fun talking to you Thanks, Kim. If you're interested in our live webcast, The Way Forward, and or any other snippets, please take a moment and visit us at our website at po-leadership.com. You'll find our site has various pre-recorded or recorded webcasts, which include guests such as Professor Stein, Janice Stein, who founded the Monk Institute and is a professor at U of T, Rosabeth Cantor, who's a Harvard professor. More recently, we just had Thane Center from J.P. Morgan talk about the potential dislocation between the economy and the market, Cleveland Clinic around mental and health issues, and much, much more. Once again, if you'd like to learn more about our leadership community, 
just give us a shout or visit us at po-leadership.com. That concludes our session today. Have a wonderful day.